Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the Queen and the world mourn Britain's Prince Philip, the man who walked two steps behind the longest reigning monarch for seven decades and helped bring the royal family into the 21st century. Mourners flock to Windsor Castle in Buckingham Palace to pay their respects to one of the hardest working royals at the center of UK history for nearly 70 years, but not without gaffes and controversies. Tonight, the funeral plans, and will Harry and Meghan attend? Vaccines paused. A third state shuts down a Johnson & Johnson vaccine site because of side effects. Why experts tonight say the shot is safe. What you need to know. Cause of death. The medical examiner tells the jury in the Derek Chauvin murder trial that heart disease and drugs played a role in George Floyd's death. But why he believes the interaction with police was more than Floyd's body could take. The Tiger Woods crash, new details tonight, the pill bottle found by investigators and what he told doctors at the hospital. Severe weather. Millions across the South brace for powerful storms. Death of a hip-hop icon. Remembering rapper DMX. Caribbean volcano erupts. Shoots 20,000 feet in the air as thousands are evacuated. And on the road, why this 13 year old Boy Scout chose to sleep in his backyard for 366 nights. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. We're going to begin tonight with the worldwide outpouring of grief over the death of Britain's Prince Philip and perhaps the most dramatic change in the British monarchy since World War II. Flags across the United Kingdom are at half-staff tonight in memory of the 99-year-old husband of Queen Elizabeth, who died at Windsor Castle earlier today. With the exception of his wife, no one played a more important role in shaping the British crown over the past seven decades than the Duke of Edinburgh who worked to modernize the monarchy, all while trying to hold his family, the royal family, together during decades of scandals and palace intrigue, from the death of Princess Diana to Harry and Meghan's recent bombshell interview with Oprah. And while he was the father, grandfather, and great-grandfather to future kings, he could never hold the title himself. Instead, he walked and lived in the Queen's shadow. His job, he once said, was first, second, and last, never to let her down. We've got two reports tonight on Prince Philip's life legacy and the seismic shift his death is causing tonight across the United Kingdom. CBS's Charlie Daggett is going to lead off our coverage tonight from outside of Windsor Castle. Good evening, Charlie. Good evening, Nora. Well, here at Windsor Castle, they've been defying COVID restrictions in order to pay tribute. Uh, They've been laying flowers and in some cases just standing silent in order to say goodbye. First came the official statement posted on palace gates. With deep sorrow, the queen announces the death of her dear husband. Then rows of flowers and tributes. We felt really sad, unbelievably. After being released from the hospital on March 16th, he came home to Windsor Castle. However, unlikely the hope of a recovery. A nation mourns his passing. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the country's thoughts must now turn to the Queen and family. Because they have lost not just a much-loved and highly respected public figure, but a devoted husband and a proud and loving father, grandfather, and in recent years, great-grandfather. President Joe Biden paid condolences for an extraordinary life. 99 years old, he never slowed down at all, and uh, which I admire the devil of. Married to the Queen for 73 years, no other consort has come close to serving beside a British sovereign for so long. A sense of duty the Duke of Edinburgh took seriously says royal commentator Wesley Kerr. There was a huge roster of duties. This is a man that chalked up 22,000 engagements. He would often do three or four engagements a day. As the family's thoughts turn to funeral arrangements in the middle of pandemic social restrictions, we understand Prince Charles traveled to Windsor this afternoon to see his mother. Today, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle paid tribute to Philip on the website of their foundation, replacing its homepage with a memorial in loving memory of His Royal Highness, the Duke of Edinburgh. Thank you for your service. You will be greatly missed. And Charlie is back with us. And what do we know about the royal family's plans? Well, royal family sources tell us that Prince Philip will lie here in in rest while the family mourns in private. Prince Harry is expected, though not confirmed, to attend. As for Meghan, uh, her doctors uh, will depend on her doctor's approval with her baby due sometime around June. Nora? All right. Charlie Daggett, thank you. And with the death of her husband, the queen starts eight days of mourning. The patriarch of the royal family died just two months shy of his 100th birthday. CBS's Mark Phillips has more on Prince Philip's life and legacy. 
He may have spent his life a respectful two steps behind the queen at official functions, but it was Prince Philip who guided the royal family, the firm as he originally called it, through the changes required in a modern world. It was Philip who convinced the queen to allow in the TV cameras in the 1960s to make the family seem more open in a less deferential age. The salad is ready. Good. It was Philip who convinced Diana's reluctant sons, William and Harry, to walk behind the coffin at her funeral, saying he would walk with them. Philip was first seen as an outsider, a member of the deposed and exiled Greek royal family. But he was educated in Britain, and as a Navy cadet was chosen to escort the then Princess Elizabeth on a tour. Many thought that wasn't an accident. The Queen's cousin, Margaret Rhodes, in a conversation before she passed away, spoke of the impression Philip made. And of course, Prince Philip was the most utterly good-looking Viking god. Viking god? (laughs) Well, he really was so good-looking. The hugely successful royal partnership went on for 73 years, but not without its controversial moments, mostly brought on by Philip's occasional non-PC comments, telling British students in China they might get slitty eyes if they stayed too long, asking Scottish driving instructors how they kept their students off the sauce. He was unrepentant. I can't suddenly change my whole way of doing things. I can't change my interests. I can't change my, the way in which uh, I react to things. The Queen didn't want him to change either. He has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years. And I and his whole family, and this and many other countries, owe him a debt greater than he would ever claim or we shall ever know. Prince Philip was more than just the Queen's consort. He promoted his own causes, animal rights, environmental issues, children's charities, sports, the arts. He lived a long life and a full one. Nora? Mark Phillips, thank you. And we're going to turn now to news back here at home in the coronavirus pandemic. Tonight, more than one in three Americans have at least one COVID shot, and more than one in five are fully vaccinated. Many Americans now have questions about the Johnson & Johnson shot after a very small percentage had adverse reactions. Here's CBS's Nikki Batiste now with what you need to know. Johnson & Johnson's vaccine facing a double dose of problems. Georgia, the third state to temporarily shut down a site after eight suffered adverse reactions to the J&J vaccine. In North Carolina, 18 people reporting side effects. In Colorado, 11 reacting to the shot with symptoms ranging from dizziness, nausea, and fainting. This is, you know, a really potent vaccine. And what we're seeing is some of those potency relating in a very rare side effect that we just have to be aware of. In fact, all three major U.S. vaccines produced adverse reactions and more than 60,000 people nationwide. Except that for each manufacturer, including J&J, just one-tenth of one percent of all people have reported side effects. Another problem, distribution. The company dramatically scaling back shipments next week. In Michigan, dreadful deja vu. Some hospital ICUs once again nearing capacity. Lives depend on it. 
Michigan is unquestionably a national hotspot right now. The state's governor asking for a two-week pause on indoor dining, in-person learning, and youth sports, a driving factor in new cases among kids. Pfizer is now the first company to seek emergency use authorization to give its vaccine to children as young as 12. Confusion in California. Those running one site with extra doses telling people to show up. Thousands did. Most turned away. In New York City, variants making up nearly 80% of new daily cases. Almost half are homegrown. Another 30% driven by the UK variant, which is believed to be up to 70% more contagious and more lethal. Given the UK variant really dominating in the US, how effective still are the vaccines? The current vaccines that are out there in the public work against all of the variants. The American public should rest assured that science is pivoting along with our knowledge to be able to take care of this. And the benefits of the vaccine tremendously outweigh any potential downside. Here at Lenox Health Greenwich Village, about 1,300 people a day are receiving a dose of Pfizer. Dr. Eggis told me side effects from any vaccine are normal and people should not panic. Nora? Nikki Batiste, thank you. Tonight, we've got an update on our lead story last night. The man charged in a deadly shooting rampage in Texas is being held on more than $2 million bond. Police say 27-year-old Larry Bolin worked at Kent Moore Cabinets in Bryan, Texas, and killed one person and injured five others there Thursday afternoon. Bolin is accused of wounding a trooper before he was arrested at his home. Tonight, that trooper is in stable condition. All right, now to testimony from a key witness at Derek Chauvin's murder trial, the medical examiner who ruled George Floyd's death a homicide. Now, his testimony is important because Chauvin's lawyers were hoping it would bolster their claim that drugs and heart issues were to blame for Floyd's death. CBS's Jamie Ucas reports from Minneapolis. Tonight, the medical examiner who performed the autopsy on George Floyd took the stand. Dr. Andrew Baker told jurors that while heart disease and drugs played a role, it was the interaction with police that caused Floyd's death. The law enforcement subdual restraint and the neck compression was just more than Mr. Floyd could take by virtue of that those heart conditions. On the death certificate, Dr. Baker listed the drugs found in Floyd's system and heart ailments as contributing conditions, not causes. Mr. Floyd's use of fentanyl did not cause the subdual or neck restraint. His heart disease did not cause the, um, the subdual or the neck restraint. But during cross-examination, the defense continued to focus on Floyd's drug use. You're aware also of the methamphetamine that was found in Mr. Floyd's system? Yes. I'm not an expert in the specific toxicology of methamphetamine. As a general rule for forensic pathology, methamphetamine is not good for a, a damaged heart. This was not a sudden death. Forensic pathology expert Lindsay Thomas is a former county medical examiner who trained Baker. She testified Floyd died from asphyxia or low oxygen, terms not mentioned in Baker's autopsy report. The activities of the law enforcement officers resulted in Mr. Floyd's death. Meanwhile, Minneapolis residents are following the trial closely. Uh, yeah, you can just sit here. Pastor Edwin Williams has been listening to the concerns of his predominantly black neighborhood. I'm absolutely afraid that if if a non-guilty verdict or some sort of technicality is used to, to, to keep um, the officer from facing responsibility for this, that we'll see worse than what we saw um, last summer. The trial is moving quicker than originally thought, so the prosecution is now expected to rest its case early next week, 
All eyes will then turn to the defense and whether or not Chauvin will testify. Nora. Jamie Yukis, thank you. Turning now to a severe weather threat targeting more than 30 million Americans across the southern plains and Gulf Coast. CBS's Lonnie Quinn is tracking those storms and joins us tonight. Hey, good evening, Lonnie. Good evening, Nora. Good evening, everyone. We're talking about 11 different states under severe thunderstorm watches tonight. There's a smaller system up around North Carolina and Virginia with some possibly damaging winds, but there's a huge system here in the south. And let's zoom in tight right now on, say, eastern Texas, the area around Dallas. You are preparing for the possibility, you ready for this, for baseball-sized hail tonight. Uh, I mean, that could really do some damage out there. And I know it doesn't look all that intense right now, but it's going to get worse as the night goes on. And it's going to be combined with some winds, strong straight-line winds, 70, 75 miles per hour, maybe stronger than that. They can certainly do damage and possibly some twist as well. The worst area looks to be anywhere from Louisiana over into portions of Alabama. And the reason we're so concerned, although it doesn't look that bad right now, it's going to get worse. When storms start to bow like that, a little arch in the front, that's a storm that gets that is getting stronger. It's becoming more intense. Put the car in the garage tonight and also keep the the weather radio close by in case there's a tornado that sparks up in your area. That's the very latest. Again, baseball-sized hail possible tonight. Can you imagine that coming out of the sky, Nora? Oh, wow. Lonnie Quinn, thank you. Tonight, there's a newly released police report that reveals that an empty, unmarked pill bottle was found in a backpack at the crash site of Tiger Woods' wrecked SUV. The report also says the Gulf star showed signs of traumatic injury, his blood pressure so low that he couldn't be given pain medication. The police say Woods was so shaken after crashing at nearly 90 miles per hour that he thought he was in Florida when he was actually in Southern California. Tributes are pouring in tonight for rapper DMX, who died today one week after reportedly suffering a drug overdose and heart attack. His real name was Earl Simmons, and his performances were larger than life. DMX was the first artist to have his first four albums enter the charts at number one. He also appeared in several movies, including Romeo Must Die and Cradle to the Grave. DMX was just 50 years old. Tonight, Amazon has officially defeated efforts to unionize workers at its warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama. More than 3,000 workers voted and more than half said no to unionizing. The union is already disputing the outcome, claiming the online retail giant interfered with the vote. Tonight, nearly 20,000 people are out of their homes on the Caribbean island of St. Vincent. After the first volcanic eruption there in more than 40 years, the volcano sent a thick cloud of smoke 20,000 feet into the sky, spewing ash for miles. Cruise ships are evacuating people from the island, but only those vaccinated against COVID. It's Friday night, right? Well, that means CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road. And tonight, it's a story about 40 winks and 366 nights. 13-year-old William Olmsted says to build strong character, you need to step outside your comfort zone. So he did just that. You went outside your comfort zone. Quite literally, yes. <laughs> Quite literally, yes. William is a Boy Scout. Loved camping until COVID came along. So he thought what better way to challenge himself than to put a tent up behind his house in Wilton, Connecticut and sleep in it longer than any backyard camper ever has. Every night. Yes. Yeah, a year and a day. William's dad, Bill. You know, stopping him from doing anything is uh, a fool's errand. So William's parents went along with it. Let him give up his warm, cozy bed in exchange for howling coyotes and bitter cold blizzards, sweltering heat, and worse. 
I want to give you a chance to defend your parenting here. <laughs> a hurricane went through at one point. Yes. <laughs> and you let them stay outside. Yeah, that night we also put the tent under the deck to protect from the wind. And how many trees did you lose that day? We lost six. And how many sons? <laughs> None that we know of. <laughs> In Bill's defense, the bulk of the storm had passed by nightfall, and William is a hurricane in his own right. If I start something, I have to finish it, and if I don't finish it, I'd be so upset. Parents often push their kids, but it moves them no closer to success. You ready to be tucked in? Yes. Because the prod has to come from within. Good dreams. Good dreams. William was determined to sleep outside a full year, and this week, he made it. His next goal? To end world hunger. Doesn't know how yet, but you can bet tonight. He's sleeping on it. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Wilton, Connecticut. Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan's guests include House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney, and Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. And if you can't watch the evening news live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Masters. We'll see you back here on Monday. And good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.